chocolate. Rich, creamy chocolate. Now let's add a little THC. You heard that. Chocolate and THC. What a combination. Our next guest is to talk all about it. The good don't grow. We help you understand the benefits. With CBD and cannabis, yeah. The good don't grow. We remove the fear of the unknown. By giving you all the facts. The good don't grow. We bring the unbiased content from opposing views to give you nothing but the facts. I welcome you to the show. The good dudes grow. So we got Bob Ashino on on our uh, podcast today. Hey, Bob, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Gary? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm so excited to have you on the show. It's I've looked up a bunch of different CBD uh, podcasts, and I wanted to make a show not only on the benefits of CBD for personal use and how it's helped people, but also on the aspect of entrepreneurial and how CBD has become a business and helped people in their lives and how it's changed their lives from that point of view as well. Yeah. So having you on the show is, is awesome since you're one of the trusted brands, Incredibles, started out, uh, I think, was it 2010 you had yeah, the company founded? Yeah, almost 11 years ago. Getting close. So tell us a little bit how you got started in the cannabis industry, because I read your background. I know it wasn't your first employment. It kind of like started as a side <laughs> job and, it, and then it took off and went, hey, we might as well take care of this. Yeah, you know, it was definitely the industry found me, you know, I which Fortunately and unfortunately, I think there's so many people who have that same experience, right? I, I think once you once you have some sort of personal connection to the plant, um, it, it's hard to turn away. So, uh, you know, for me, it was watching cannabis work for my grandmother. Uh, you know, probably 12 years ago, you know, she was nearing the end of her life and none of the pharmaceuticals work for her anymore. And um, my brother, who had a cookie company, you know, and he was helping tend to some grows on the side, had access to trim. So he started infusing some cookies for my grandmother and I watched it work. And I, you know, and I saw how it helped her pain and how uh, it helped her sleep and it helped her appetite and helped her attitude. And, you know, my brother made some topicals for aching joints, which worked. And I watched it work for someone that I loved and, you know, I, once you see that, you can't go back. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. So exactly, exactly. I'm I'm right on the same path because that I tell everybody the same thing. Most people in the cannabis industry or in the CBD industry have that loved one or somebody or themselves that didn't think it was going to work. Me being a firefighter, I stayed away from most drugs, and you know we get drug tested all the time. I was trying to look forward for more of a recovery and fitness type thing for myself. And as I started journeying into it, I found out my, I tell everybody the same story, unfortunately, my daughter was, uh, became dependent on opiates. And so I started researching the benefits, how that could help her with her pain pain and everything else. But again, on the East Coast, it still wasn't legal and they couldn't find a viable source. And I was afraid what to do. And before I could actually get that viable source out to her or to help her, she ended up passing away on her 27th birthday. So, is, so that is my, that is my route. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's a tragic story, right? And it, it's, I, I have watched over the last decade, right? That opioid epidemic take hold. I think we all have. And, um, you know, I, I always, I always talk to people about the, the three dangers that we see, right? Coming down 
coming down the road here in the U.S., right, is alcohol addiction, um, you know, cigarettes and opioids, right? You've got one plant in cannabis that can really attack all three of those areas, right? It, it can attack the, you know, the pain for opioids. It can attack the smoking portion, you know, for, for the nicotine. And it can also be a substitute for alcohol, right? If you, if you still want to, you know, alter your sense of reality. So um, there's still so many opportunities in my mind for the plant, you know, and, and it's, it, you see it growing, right? It's, it's, it's not obviously just me. It, you know, the, the people who, the, the reality is, is you can always find cannabis in the U.S., right? Anybody who can right. find cannabis can find cannabis. It was, you know, illegal, but you could walk out the door in any city and you can find a joint, you can find cannabis. So, you know, it, it's, it was never hard to find. So, you know, the people who were consuming cannabis are still consuming cannabis. Right. But you've now opened the door in the legal markets for people to have an, an alternative and a substitute, you know, for things like alcohol and cigarettes and opioids where they didn't have them before. Um, you know, so I, I always I always talk to regulators and legislatures and tell them we're not I, I didn't create a cannabis market in Colorado. The only thing I did was make it safer, was you know, make the product safer, tested, regulated, give consumers a safe place to go purchase those. We've created jobs and we've created tax revenue for the state for an industry that was already here. If, if you wanted cannabis in Colorado before 2010, you could go get it. You know, it was never a problem. So the only thing we've done is made it safer and we've generated tax revenue and created jobs for the state. So, you know, I, I look at what Colorado's done and I think it's a great model. We've done everything we've set out to do, you know, in the regulated cannabis space. And I, I think we've been very successful, which has helped, you know, the industry grow across the country now, which is great to see. Correct. And that's what I like about your company, because I read a little bit about your story, how you went about it and how everybody else was jumping in and you kind of held back and said, we're not going to go feet first. For, we're gonna, actually going to start building that safety aspect first. We're going to start making sure that the, the plant's safe, that it's designed safely, the product's safe. And at the same time, we're going to create an educational and tell them how to use it. So you built that whole infrastructure first before deciding to go, all right, we got it set up, let's go. And that's kind of like your background, correct? Yeah, you know, more, more my partner, Rick, um, you know, he's got a food background, him and Josh, um, you know, used to run one of the largest bakeries here in Colorado. You know, so when we started looking at this, you know, as, as a side business, you know, we were shocked at the fact that, that people didn't test, that the industry didn't know how much cannabis they were putting in products. They didn't know what the activated, you know, THC potency was of the products they were selling. So as we were doing our research, we found out that was the biggest concern. You know, people didn't like edibles 12 years ago because you were easily over-medicated constantly. You know, that I think the the, the strength breakdown in Colorado 10 years ago was one times, two times, three times strength. The hell does that mean? Right? <laughs> you know, it's like, that was it. It was, you know, an edible that someone made in their house. Like, oh, this is three times strength. Three times what? You know, and, and what I've learned over the last 10 years is I know people who take, you know, one or two milligrams, like me, 
You know, I know people who five milligrams is too much, and we've got people taking a thousand milligrams a day. So there is such a wide variety of, of you know, of, of the way it affects people, right? And, you know, 10 years ago, we everybody was, it was just a crapshoot, right? So when we started, we wanted to make sure that we were testing our oils. So we knew what we were putting in the products. And, you know, it took a while for people to really understand what we were doing. And for the longest time, people were like, oh, your products are way too strong because I can eat 250 milligrams of this guy's product and I don't feel anything. And, you know, I eat a hundred milligrams of your product and I can't move. Like, okay, my product's correct. I don't know what you're eating, you know, anywhere else, but we're activating our THC. We're testing that activated portion and then we're putting that back into a product. So I'm confident that what I'm telling you is correct. Everybody else, I can't guarantee. But as soon as people figured out kind of what their dose was and what their, you know, where their comfort level was. And once they started to build up confidence that, hey, this square of chocolate is going to do the same thing to me every time. You know, it's really all it took is a little bit of consistency and a little bit of quality and a little bit of education around edibles, you know, for people to really start to understand them and go, oh, wow, if I want eight milligrams of THC, I can take this much, right? And if you're a medical patient or, you know, even if you're a recreational patient, knowing that limit is huge. You know, you don't, you don't go grab a handful of aspirin and just take willy nilly, whatever you want. Right. You know, it's, Hey, you're going to take two, right? Here's your medication. You're going to take two or three or this many milligrams. It's not one times, two times, three times strength. Right. Right. You, you know, if you're a, if you're a patient, you want to know what you're taking and you want to to medicate yourself consistently every time. So having good quality trusted edibles has allowed, you know, people here in Colorado and people all over the U.S. the ability to do that. Yeah, I, I found the same thing. I own, I own a, a little uh, CBD company that I work because I work with some with, like I said, with my daughter and everything. And I work with firefighters. And that was the biggest thing when I started was. I can't feed these firefighters stuff that I have no idea it's in it because these guys are counting on me that they're gonna that they could lose their job or their career or their retirement. Even though they feel great and feel much better, I want to make sure that whatever I do give them is up to the standards that I'm not responsible for any of their their, you know, their downfall in their retirement or anything else. So I I've always was one of those people like you, and that's why I, I wanted you on the show that let's be safe first. Let's build the foundation first. Let's make sure everything's good first. And then let's put our product out to those who want to try it. This way we know 100% we feel good what we're doing and we're not endangering anybody. Yeah. And we're fighting an uphill battle, right? I've listened to some of your other shows right. and, you know, you see someone saying, hey, we've got 30,000 milligrams of CBD. It's like, oh my God. You know, and that's, to me, that's, that's the most upsetting part, right? Um, especially in the CBD world. It's because somebody might go and try one of those crappy products and think it doesn't work for them. And I'm not saying that it works for everybody, but you got to give it a fair, you know, a fair shot. You have to have a good quality, consistent, tested product. So you really know what you're taking and you got to give it the, you know, I, I tell people take CBD for a month, you know, write down all of your issues, take it for a month and then go back and revisit that list and see if anything's changed. And I, I take it as a supplement. To me, CBD is a vitamin, right? And THC is a vitamin. It's just something that you take every day for the wellness of your body, you know, 
to help your endocannabinoid system operate properly and let your body operate more efficiently. Well, 100%, 100%. That's what I tell everybody is, listen, try it out. And the biggest thing I did is I built up a customer service relationship. In other words, call me anytime with anything, any questions that ain't working and doing this. So we can help you kind of like with the dosing for the edibles, we can help you kind of find that proper, that proper percentage or doses that you're taking because everybody's different. Everybody's a different issue. Everybody's taking different medications. Everybody's genetics different. Females and males are different. So, yeah. so that's the biggest thing. So as, as a chocolate lover, I'm one of those chocolate freaks. If I, if I start eating chocolate, I'm done. So I hate Halloween, to be honest with you. So that Halloween and, and Easter are my two downfalls, 100%. But what, what made you start with the chocolates? Was it because you were a chocolate lover also, or it was just easy, an easier market or easier to make? No, actually, we didn't start with chocolate. You know, um, Josh, our partner, is a classically trained pastry chef. So our original products were pastries. Um, you know, and, and to this day, people still say that, you know, our infused brownie was the best infused brownie they ever tried. But what we realized very, very quickly is when you throw away a spoiled product, you're not throwing away a brownie, you're throwing away THC. So that as we were realizing, you know, because in the bakery world, you build in that waste, right? You build in the fact that a part of your inventory is going to spoil on the shelves and you're, you're going to throw it away. But in this industry, you don't want to be throwing away your most valuable and precious commodity, which is THC. And you don't want to put that in a product with a very short shelf life that might not sell, especially now in Colorado, the testing on a product could take two weeks. So you make a product, you send it out for testing. It's two weeks before you can even start to sell it. Right. So, you know, for anything, you know, like a, a baked good, you're already more than halfway into the expiration date before you can even sell it, right? So, um, you know, about the time we were realizing that we needed to make a shift, you know, Derek Cummings um, came into our facility, right? And, and Derek was the cannabis guy, right? One of the smartest cannabis guys still today that I know. And, you know, he came in and said, hey, you guys got to start extracting oil. We were like, what? You know, we were infusing butter and, you know, we were making baked goods because that's what Josh used to do, you know? I mean, Rick and I, you know, I, I own a packaging company, Rick ran a bakery, but, you know, as far as infusing products, we didn't know what we were doing, right? So Rick found, you know, Rick found Josh, who had some experience with it. Um, you know, we had started down that path, and then we had met Derek, who talked about closed-loop extraction systems and, um, you know, oil, right? Extracted oils and all fairly new to us, right? So... Um, you know, the, the first thing we did was went out and bought an extraction, a piece of extraction equipment, which bankrupted the company, right? Rick and I really didn't have any money. You know, we were just two guys starting a little side business and, you know, everything here in cannabis costs more, takes longer to do. And, you know, we, we couldn't go down and get a bank loan because we tried, you know, we had a license to manufacture legal cannabis in our minds. This is a legal business. I walked down to a bank to get a loan, and, you know, and they, they shot us down. So, you know, that was a shock to us, right? That's how naive we were getting into this industry. We figured this is legal now. How can a legal company not be able to get a building, not be able to get a lease, not be able to take out a loan or get a bank account? You know, in 10 years oh, I feel, later, we're still fighting I feel with that. I, so. I, I feel on that. When I first started, like two years ago, when I was trying to even find just a credit card processor, and it was just uh -huh. like, 
you've got to be kidding yeah. me. It, it, so I, I feel I know exactly what you're talking about at that yeah. point. Yeah. So, you know, it was at that point where, you know, Derek brought us um, some chocolate recipes, right? He's like, look, you, you want to start extracting oil. It's easier to work with. It's safer to work with. It's more consistent to work with. And you want to be putting it into products with a longer shelf life. And, you know, so we started down that direction, you know, with, with Derek's help. And, you know, from there, it was exponential growth for years. You know, it was it was very hard for us even to keep up with the demand for the product for for a lot of years because you know it was hard to get trim it was hard to get oil it was hard to you know you're you are you're limited to the amount of thc that you can bring into your facility to how much you can make and you know when, when there is not an abundance of that material which you know right now in colorado we're struggling again you know that the, the supply side of this industry is a roller coaster you know, it's feast or famine. So, um, right. We're same thing out here on the East coast. It's, yeah. it's you guys are, you guys are going to suffer all the same problems that we suffered with. Right. And, and I spent yeah. a lot of years going out and trying to, to, to help people predict these problems. Right. And, 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 you know, put in rules and regulations to prevent what we went through here in Colorado. You know, sometimes it worked, but for the most times, everybody thought they could do it better than Colorado. Right. <laughs> Right. And I look at of most course. of the other markets now and go, you guys did a crappy job. So, all right, what can you do? You can lead a horse to water, right? <laughs> exactly. 100%. So on the sales aspect, on the business aspect, has COVID upped your sales or has it made it better, worse? How, do, how did you manage that? Is that, is that well, working you, better for you? You might have heard, you know, here in Colorado, we were closed down. The whole industry shut down for about three hours. And... It created <laughs> such a panic and people, you know, right in the heart of COVID, hundreds of thousands of people ran to their local dispensary, right? To the point where they went, whoa, all right, sorry. We take that back. You're now an essential business. You can stay open through COVID. So everybody go home. We're not going to shut the dispensaries down tomorrow. Um, yeah. So, you know, we, we had, we had to deal with that for about three hours. I think that was back in March. Um, but, you know, yeah, since, then, since then, it's, we weren't sure how it was going to go, but we had we had a very good year. The problem was is that uh, we have supply side issues, right? So that's because the industry grew so much here in Denver. You know, uh, our lifeblood is, is getting material from people who have extra material, right? You know, we, we have a couple of small grows, but... I don't have a grow nearly large enough to, to, to meet my needs from a manufacturing, you know, aspect. It's so we've always relied on people to sell us biomass or sell us oil. Um, and it's just hard to find. So, right. Understandable. So, so where do you think the company's headed now? Anything new coming out in the future or yeah, we, staying with exactly the same model? We're launching, um, three new brands. Right now, you know, we, we've got Quick, which is our fast acting brand. So we've got a, a suite of fast acting products. We've got a fast acting chocolate, uh, fast acting gummy that's about to hit the market. We've got a fast acting tincture, a fast acting topical and a suppository. So, um, you know, there, there was a, a cry for these fast acting products about a year ago. And, you know, we launched the brand about six months ago now. So that's going well. So that, that just came out. We're coming out with a new... Um, line of luxury filled chocolate. So we've got a 
a salted caramel filled chocolate. We've got a raspberry filled dark chocolate, a mint, you know, filled chocolate, a peanut butter filled chocolate, and then a cappuccino filled white chocolate. Uh, that is a brand called Nove, and that's going to be out here in, I'm going to say about three weeks. No. You, you got me drooling oh, over yeah. here. You oh, got me drooling the chocolate over here. Lover, yeah, you're, uh, <laughs> you're going to want to try those. They're amazing. I have been you know, taking R&D samples home and yeah, <laughs> I'm eating way too much chocolate. I need to get off my, uh, I need to get off my couch a bit. So, um, you know, that, we, we launched our, our new extract brand called Clear Creek Extracts. And then we've got a, uh, a new brand co coming out called Zelo, Z-E-L-O. Um, and, and that's, that is a brand that we're really excited about, right? It's, um, it's kind of an, it's not really an entry level brand, but you know, it's a very, it's a very economical brand. You know, what, what we saw here in COVID is everybody was looking for a deal, right? So everybody, right, especially right. with, you know, losing jobs. And so, you know, when COVID hit, we were like, look, we need to come out with an affordable line of products, right? We need to do whatever we can to help our patients and, and help get products into their hands at a more affordable price. So we've spent, you know, the last six months now working on that brand. And hopefully that's going to launch sometime here towards the end of Q1, right? So February, March, uh, we're hoping to have that brand out. So we're busy. We're busier than we've ever been. You know, we had a, you know, almost a record years. We would have had a record sales year, um, you know, if we, if we could have solved our supply side issue. Um, and, you know, and then we've got all of these new brands coming out. So we're planning on a very big 2021. That is fabulous. That's fabulous. Are you guys still own? I think you're manufacturing three different states, correct? Um, right now, the Incredibles brand is in, I want to say, six different states. Yep. Okay. So that. So that went up from what yeah. I read. <laughs> That's awesome. With the, I know the new, I ask everybody this now, especially people who are in the industry, with the new the government that loves, that looks like they're actually going to legislate more regulation. They want to, looks like, because there's a lot of talk about it. What, 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 do you see anything happening there? Or <laughs> I was asked the same question today. And what I will tell you is I think the entire industry has their fingers crossed. Um, but if you look at the people who just got elected, their track record is not stellar when it comes to cannabis, you know, and, and that's the reality. Right. Right? So even though they said the right thing, there is a long history of politicians saying the right things to get elected and then stabbing us in the back. Right. It's, it's right. been happening forever. Right. And especially with the cannabis industry, it continues to happen. So we can hope that the federal government catches up with the rest of the country. You know, I think we've got, what, 34 states now that are legal and 65 yes. percent approval for adult use and 85 percent approval for medicinal cannabis. And, you know, you look at this and go, you guys are supposed to do what we ask you to do. Right. Your power is derived from the people. And if the people across this country want legalized cannabis, how long can you stand in the way? Right. And right now it's been a decade. <laughs> so we'll right. see if it changes this year. Especially with more and more studies coming out on the beneficial aspect of it compared to the others, uh, like opiates and, and alcohol and stuff like that. And, so you know, we, definitely hope it we changes. haven't even done research. We've never legally been able to do a lot of research here in the U.S., right? So 
you know, most of the research is now being done in other countries, which is a massive right. mistake, right? It's federally legal in, in Canada. It's going to be federally legal in Mexico. We are now surrounded by two countries that are about to steal an industry that we started, right? It started here in the U.S. legally and regulated, you know, well, right? You know, 11 years ago. And since then, we've watched Canada get all of the investment dollars, right? Because, you know, all of these companies went public on the Canadian market, right? And they're building a giant infrastructure and the same thing's about to happen in Mexico. So if this country doesn't make some, some regulations to allow us to catch up, this industry is going to pass up, you know, the entire country. We're going to right. be importing our cannabis from Mexico and Canada. Right, exactly. Yeah, so something definitely has to be going on. Bob, that, that is really all I have for you today. I appreciate all the input. I appreciate what your company is doing and everything else. If send me some uh, some of the links so I can put the links down in, in the uh, the podcast bio so they can actually go and check out your chocolates okay. and everything. If you go to and, yeah, uh, if you go to medicallycorrect.com, which I'll send you, uh, that takes you to our main parent website. Right, it's got all the brands listed plus True Pura, our CBD brand. You know, we we can ship our CBD brand now. You know, out of state, but right. obviously the the cannabis products. You know, they'll be waiting for you on the shelf yeah. when you come into Colorado. Definitely. Yes, I appreciate that. Bob, thank you very much for coming on my show. You have yourself a great week. Thank you, Garrett. Bye-bye. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained some type of value. So what we need you to do is leave a review and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Grow.